This week we're talking all about who owns marketing in your business and how when you get it right, it can save you a lot of time and money, but if you get it wrong, it's a big waste and it's never ever ruthlessly efficient. I am as always James and I'm here with Gary. Good afternoon. And yeah, today we're talking all about who owns marketing in your business? Who is the person that runs the marketing department that gets on with the various different marketing tasks and the various different ways in which you can go about managing that process? There is indeed, there is indeed, and uh, we are we are a prime example of the first example, which is which is owner run, uh, run run by the people who are the, but but then I suppose when you run a marketing company, that probably is pretty normal, but it isn't always the case in every small business, but. Uh, We've come across a lot over the last last eighteen months as we started working with these sorts of businesses and owner run or owner. I say owner owned. That's a bit of a weird statement, so I'm not sure that that works. But basically, the marketing is owned by the person who runs the company. That is probably the most typical example we see in a small business. But there are other examples, and uh, yeah, we thought it'd be good to just talk about what's the good and bad sides of those things, and and also just give you some examples of what we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, sometimes it seems like marketing is, a lot of people think marketing is common sense, it's something anyone can do, so it tends to be something that you can hand off to uh, any old body, and certainly when you're a business owner, you're thinking about what you're going to spend your money on, marketing, it seems pretty appealing just to have a crack at doing that yourself, especially in a small business. Yeah, absolutely. If it's not the owner, often it will just be passed off on one of the junior people, one of the one of the younger people, because those young people seem to understand marketing. Because the problem is most people just associate marketing with social media nowadays. And obviously the younger person understands that. So let's hand it over to them and let's see what they can do with it. And again, that can work. We, you know, we've, we've both experienced situations where uh, somebody within the business, you know, somebody relatively junior, because they love... I think the one thing I'd say about giving it to a junior person is it is sometimes a bit more exciting than their day job and they actually quite like getting into it. So they'll make the time, they'll make the effort. But of course, you do have to push that back and, and also make sure you give them the more formal training so they know what they're doing. I think the first thing you've got to really think about is this idea of you know saying handing marketing to somebody. It's like <laughs> that's a pretty massive thing, just a hand to a person. And you're absolutely right. You know, sometimes the you know the person that's best to run that instagram account is going to be somebody a bit younger somebody that understands the platform that's perhaps on it already themselves and knows how it all works but that doesn't mean that your email funnels is the is the thing that you want to hand off to somebody else and and it's all it's understanding all these different areas of marketing and figuring out where the best place to put them is yes yeah and ultimately is you know i think it is common sense but it's worth reiterating all of this sport is all is all brought together by a strategy, and so by having a strategy in the first place, what that does is it enables all the you know we'll, we'll maybe talk about the different options in terms of owner led, junior person, agency, or freelancers, but all of those benefit massively from having a strategy in place because it either helps the external person understand your business more, or it helps the internal person stay focused, and that's often you know a junior person will you know enjoy working on Instagram. But they still got to know what they're supposed to talk about. They still got to know what the messages are they get across. I think the danger is, like all these things, when you pick the person that's going to run the thing first before you pick actually what you want to achieve, actually what your goal is, 
the danger is it's the it's the old you know to a hammer everything looks like a nail doesn't it if you say i'm going to give marketing to the junior person who likes working on instagram there's a good chance they're going to suggest that instagram is the best thing to work on yes. if you hand it off to a pr agency the pr agency is probably going to say i reckon pr is a pretty good place to uh, to start same goes for seo same goes for w- whatever it may be wherever if you pick the place you're going to send it first then you're going to end up doing that thing yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing when we talk about potentially outsourcing your marketing to an agency. The one thing we always say is try and find a more rounded agency where you can, because that, that brings in multiple effort, you know, multiple benefits because they they will. They are less likely to just go down the route they know best. Um, you'll actually get a more rounded approach to marketing because they will focus on the things that matter to you as opposed to the things that they know best. I think that's quite an important thing to remember is is the more rounded it's not always possible and particularly if you know if budget's a problem and you want to keep it quite restrictive, then if you are going to go and find, for example, find a freelancer, then focus on a freelancer who specialises in the things that you know are important to your business. Yeah, I mean I I don't always it's a real tricky balance, isn't it? When you're talking about let's let's start with talking about an agency, whether you go for that all-rounder agency that's going to be able to jump about between different tasks and and decide on you know PR maybe better this month maybe next month it's going to be you know more social more SEO whatever those other disciplines may be but for a more established business and certainly a business that's got a clearer strategy doubling down on an agency that is dedicated to a certain subject is going to be more effective because once you get you know once you get established and you, you achieve a level of success then you know, for SEO, for example, you are far better off with a specialist who's going to be able to get you those significant gains on what you've already done. Because with a lot of marketing, there's sort of like a base level, isn't it? There? There's a level yeah. you can get to as a generalist. There's a point where you can you can do this yourself. You can get a general marketing agency in. And I'm not saying that general marketing agencies don't have specialists within them, but invariably, a social media agency is going to be better at social media than a broad brush we do absolutely everything type agency yeah i think and i think this is particularly true for small businesses um because a larger business taking on a more general marketing agency that can sometimes make sense and it, as you say it gives them that broader coverage and you know again a, a wider broader agency can often cover uh, more territories as well that's another reason for choosing them but for a small business you normally have to be a lot more focused. That's why we talk about it so much. You know, ruthlessly efficient marketing is all about knowing exactly who your customer is, what channels to talk to them in, what to say to them. And, and the more focused you are, the easier then it is to pick a smaller freelancer or agency that is focused on a few things because you know those are the things that matter to your business. So we've, we've written a blog about the different types of people, the different people that can potentially own marketing in a business. We thought rather than talk through them all we might share a few examples of over the course of our careers that people that we've worked with in the different businesses that we've worked in and the different ways they've managed marketing and the ways that that have worked really well and the ways that perhaps have worked slightly less well yes so let's start with the business owner this is how most things usually begin when 
you've got a person who started up a business, they don't have a marketing department, so someone's got to do the marketing, so it's I guess it's going to be me. I'm the business owner, I'm going to get on with it. Oh, brilliant. So, I mean, that's excellent. That means I, I cop out, I don't have to do anything anymore. I'm not saying it's going to be me right now. Oh, okay, you just, yeah, okay. You I was being example. the character. Fair being enough, the, fair being enough. The business owner. Yeah, we've, look, we've, we've both, I'm sure, experienced good and bad examples of this. Um, I'll, 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 I'll talk about a good one, because I'll, I'll start with a bit of positivity. Um, we have worked with a a very good uh, business owner of, of free coffee shops really successful growing the business but they've always understood the importance of marketing and they love and they sort of live the brand they see themselves as as the person who promotes the brand and they've sort of become the face of it to a certain extent and that that to me is a really good example is someone believes in the importance of it and uh, and she really did, and also was prepared to put the effort in because it isn't easy. You know, you've there's a lot of stuff you have to do, and 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 also I think it was a really good example of not just being successful at trying to do it, but actually did get involved other members of the team, got them infused about the whole idea, and actually what helped what helped is really got the whole company on board, which I think really is a good thing. If you can get if the business owner gets the whole company infused and on board and understand the point behind it. It, that's when it really works for me. Yeah, I think it's they call it commander's intent. Don't they? they know when when you know that your boss is focused on this, and it's not just a fleeting idea they want to have a little dabble with. <laughs> you know, it's a clear focus for them. Then it, invariably, the people that work for you get on board and try to do more things to push it in that direction. But yes, yeah, the, the example of this this lady, she really got it. Got that marketing was important got that engaging with the community was important but that was because she understood where she needed to get to she understood what the goal was and knew that in truth that you had to engage the local audience you had to engage the local community they wanted to support these places yes so that's what she did to get those people in and then just rolled that out from location to location so it makes it makes a lot more sense and obviously that did a you know that did more than spending a lot of money on pay-per-click spending a lot of money on seo all these things she knew that the quickest route to her customer was through local community marketing and via social and things like that and so she put her efforts into it and and got great results yeah absolutely i look and you almost sort of touched upon an example of a a bad example of of, and and the bad the worst two examples we've ever worked with are both people that essentially are chasing the shiny thing they are um they are you know the the, a, a particular clothes shop a local a local clothes shop owner who who shall remain nameless but has has often just gone oh well this shiny thing over here or somebody's mentioned tiktok i'm gonna go do loads of stuff on that for six weeks and then forgotten all about it and then then really pushed their team to start all getting on 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 facebook and start talking about it loads and then suddenly you turn around and realize they haven't done anything for four months on it because they've forgotten because they've gone off looking at something else and in that example what they did is they lost the they lost the backing of the rest of the team because the team are like there's no strategy. There's no focus. We are all over the place. One minute, this is the most important thing. The next minute, this is the most important thing. You really need to... I think in that example, what that showed is why it's so important to have a strategy that everyone sticks to. Yeah, you, you ultimately, the team then says, when they're asked to do something and told how important this thing is, they go, well, we'll see. Let's give it a couple of weeks <laughs> and see if it's still important then. And if it is, we'll do it. But if it isn't, yes. yeah. if it looks like it's going to go go away like all the other th- ideas then we'll just get on with our job of stacking the shelves and uh, you know and doing the other jobs that need to be done because ultimately yeah. that's the that's You're still the running a business still running a business loads of other stuff that's got to be done and i think it, it all comes back down to that the problem of the shiny thing and we talked a lot about this on the on the last episode a couple of weeks ago 
it's because you don't know where you're trying to get to. So you can you can be so easily distracted by this idea of a thing. So you can see TikTok, you can see people doing hauls on YouTube. That was a thing that they wanted to do loads of. Was get you know these mm-hmm. things of people getting all their clothes and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But they didn't know why they wanted to do it. They just saw that it was popular. Yeah. But they didn't really see how that connected to getting more customers. They didn't draw the line between those things. They just saw that it was a popular thing and thought they should probably be doing it because it was popular. And uh, that is just not a good enough reason to try no, and get involved. No, it never is. It never is. Just because you've seen something that looks... Oh, I've seen lots of people talking about it online, so I must do it. No, no, not at all. But interesting enough, we, we talked about where it fails is often because they don't then get the rest of the business. Um, I know you've had a really good experience with actually getting... Not, not necessarily a more junior person, but, uh, you know, somebody who's not the run, the owner of the business and handing them the opportunity to run marketing. Yeah. So this is a, it's a really good example. It was one of my, um, you know, one of my hotel clients where they have, again, they have set a plan. They've set a strategy in place so they knew where they were trying to get to. And at that point they could understand, okay, we need, we need social media support. And, and we work with them on their social media strategy. But in the end, we established that actually, there's nothing better than boots on the ground than people in a, you know, we're in a hotel. So there's stuff happening every day. There's stories everywhere you go. There's great images to be found. And there's no way in a world that an outsourced agency can deliver as well as a person that is there embedded in the business, you know, every day of the week because they can capture all that information. So then what they needed was a bit of training, a bit of, um, a bit of learning on the sort of the algorithm of it, how to take great photographs and those things. But then, they're off and away, and that that is a you know the the junior run part of that process can be an incredibly efficient and incredibly cost effective way of going about yes. it, and also it's great for motivation because a lot of you know a lot of younger people, a lot of junior people, this is a pretty cool part of marketing. It's quite an exciting thing to work on, you know, running the Instagram account. That is a level of responsibility. Yeah. And, but it's also really important to remember it is a massive level of responsibility and you can't just hand off a junior role of, of talking. They are talking directly to your customers. Yeah. And if you give them free reign to just do whatever they there want. There are many, many scary examples out there in the world. of uh, the, the My funniest recent one was somebody gave... Um, it's, it's a footballer uh, and, and he handed over uh, the keys to his Instagram account to, to some junior... And we don't know. I don't think we ever got to the bottom of whether or not it was the junior person was handed it by the footballer, or the footballer's handed it over to a marketing agency who's then given it to a junior person. All we know is that the junior person didn't look at the football scores properly and sent out a tweet on behalf of uh, an ex England goalkeeper. Uh, I'm being delicate, but I don't. You know, it's it's Joe Hart, um, basically saying great, great stuff through to the next round. Well, actually, they hadn't. They'd gone out for free. <laughs> um, and he great. had to then quickly apologise and basically throw the social media team under the bus. But that is a classic example. You, I mean, okay, a lot of small businesses don't reach quite the. You know, I don't know what Joe Hart's Instagram account reaches, but it's probably several hundred thousand, and maybe more. But but it doesn't matter. Even if yours is only a thousand, they are your they are prospects who've signed up. You know, you don't just follow someone for the sake of it. They, there's a reason why they're interested in you. And as you say, it is actually a more serious job than people realise. You've yeah. got to really trust these people. Yeah, and that that's all about training, understanding the tone of voice. And ultimately, you do need some form of sign-off. So that's, a you know, 
yes, you've got the advantage that you're giving it to somebody a bit more junior, so they're obviously not as expensive to run a thing. But if you don't train them properly and if you don't put those sign-offs in place, you can potentially run into a bit of sticky mud. Sticky mud. Indeed. And no one wants, nobody to, wants be... to run in sticky mud. Nobody nobody wants you, to be... I mean, ultimately, you don't run, do you? That's you don't. Point. You just squelch. Yeah. Oh. And nobody wants no, to be nobody, nobody wants to be listening to you say the word squelch. Squelch. So let's, 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 move, let's okay. move on. Don't repeat it. Um, I think, I think like we talked about junior person, we talked about owners and, and agencies and everything else. But I suppose the other, the other example is, is a freelancer. Is that, that, that in some ways is the cost effective, can be the cost effective version of an agency in the same way that a junior person is the cost mm. effective version of the owner. Um, because, because you can normally get them at better rates. You can normally do them by the hour. They don't have to be quite embedded, but actually, and I've, and I've seen, you know, I've, I've been on the board of a, of a user experience company before and they bought in a freelancer and that freelance actually did exactly how you described the reason why an internal person is good because they actually came and spent two days a week. So they, they, were, they, were, they didn't just do two days a week. They, those two days a week, they insisted on coming in and asked for a desk in the office. Um, and at the time, it was kind of like, why would you do that? Like, Surely one of the reasons is to have the convenience of working from home. But they wanted to be embedded so they understood the culture. And also, and it was funny because I talked to him, he goes, I just get things signed off quicker. Mm. Because I'm not waiting for a phone call to be returned. I'm not waiting for an email. I can just walk over to the boss's desk and go, um, I've sent you that. Can you look at it for me? And it's harder to avoid them. So it can work. I think freelancers is a good example where it can work. But in the in the best example I've seen, it was because... A, the guy was pretty seasoned and been around and knew what he was doing. B, he was very confident in himself, so he was prepared to... And that's what you do want. You know, this person has to be able to stand their ground and not just be a yes man. But also, they were, they were quite embedded into the business because they came in two days a week. Yeah, I mean, the, the beauty of the freelancer is that you can generally afford somebody much, much more senior, much, much better, because you aren't paying for full time. You are, yes. you know, you can get a seasoned SEO person, you can get a seasoned developer, whatever that may be, and they're only doing the job that they're doing. And it's a perfect, especially for a small business where there's a pretty decent chance that you don't need a full-time person doing each of your different channels. Agreed. So it's a great way of getting someone in, do what they need to do. And, and in my experience as well, they get more done in less time. So although the the sort of the feeling is to say to them, what's your hourly rate? You know, how much do you charge for a day? Those kind of things. In truth, it's really more about what do they get done? Yeah. What is yeah, the output? Absolutely. Because you are probably going to get way more done and it's going to take less of your time to manage them than it would do for a much, much cheaper, much more junior person. Yeah, no, absolutely. And ultimately, all of this comes back to, and when we said it a, a sort of a little bit at the start, but all of these different options work better when you've got a strategy and marketing is built into the business. So we're a good freelancer. I mean, when when I set up my first agency cunning plan, it was built on freelancers. We were all freelancers ultimately working in a bit of a cooperative, all, you know, creating a brand that ultimately would make us a bit more, you know, look a bit more credible and be in front of more people. But we were all freelancers, but we were all getting quite a bit of work from one place. So everyone was, although freelancers, very loyal to that particular company. And that works really, really well and worked with some amazing, really senior people. But I've also seen the opposite uh, in other companies that I've worked with, where they do have a freelancer that dips in and dips out. And ultimately, they don't really, that freelancer is just a hired gun. They don't really care about the businesses they're working for. Success or failure is largely irrelevant to them. They've yes. done their hours work. They've got paid for it and they're on their way. And 
that can be really really sort of disheartening I think for especially for a business owner who really cares about what they're doing they want to work with good people and they've you know and they've expected good work from somebody senior that they've they've outsourced something to and they see this sort of thing happen where the end result is a bit rubbish and ultimately the person is a bit well you know I only did what you tell me to that's you know yeah that's the end of that I think the, the, the classic example of how to to avoid this happening is is find which, which in some walks you don't want to do, but find the person who really pushes to have an ongoing relationship, who wants an ongoing contract, because that means they're going to be accountable over time. That means they know they've got to do a good job. It isn't just to turn up. Whereas if if they if they see if you find someone who's, who seems quite happy to just go, oh yeah, yeah I'll just do a three month project for you, get some stuff set up. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, then there's no incentive for them going forward. So it is just a case of going in. I've done the bit I said I'd do. You need to pay me. You might not be happy with all the results. I did exactly what you told me to do. I've done it. Pay me. I'm off. And that that's where you have a problem when you have that kind of attitude, I think. Yeah, and it, and it gets made all the worse if you've tried to kind of chip them down on price, which yes, often happens yes, as well. Absolutely. You said, well, it's going to take a day. Well, can you do it in half a day? Yeah, but I'll only have half a day to do it on. And then, you know, before you know it, you're in a compromised situation. But... I guess it comes back to that. You know, the first question is who owns marketing in your business, and my view is really that an external freelance person who is dealing with a number of other different clients cannot own marketing in your business. That's just not. I just don't think it's possible. No, it, the the only time I've ever seen it work properly in that sense is when it is external, but they are. A good chunk of their time so it is become it, it, it becomes a proper part of their the routine and I, i've used i've used it uh, i've used people who've been external but have been full-time for a period of time ready to hand it back into the internal teams that can work and i've seen it where they're doing two or three days a week so it, it's it's almost like they're probably maybe doing one other thing and shared experiences that's a good thing but you are a focus of theirs if it is just you try and have someone work half a day a week uh, you know, two days a month and tell them to own marketing and live and breathe it and do everything as good as you'd want to do it yourself, you're going to really struggle to find someone who's that good. Because ultimately, you need to make marketing part of your daily routine, not leave it as a side project. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That that seems to be the problem with a lot of people, that they look at marketing and think, that's something, it's sort of an optional extra. When we've got a bit of spare time, we'll do yeah. a bit of marketing. Yeah. When we need to fill a hole, we'll do a bit of marketing. It's a, it's a, it's a pro, it's it's a it's a it's not a project. It's an ongoing process. Yeah, it's you can't, not one off. You can't not do your accounts. You can't yes. not. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you're a restaurant, you can't not do the health and safety. You can't. These are not things you can just not do. And you know, and we believe marketing is a thing you also cannot not do. That I mean, that's a soundbite, isn't it? <laughs> Marketing is a thing you, you cannot, cannot not, not do. do. I think must, that's... And you must, in fact, do, do it. <laughs> yeah, well, should, I mean, that, that, ladies and gentlemen, if you take nothing else away from today, yeah. marketing is not a thing you should not not do. Don't should not not do marketing. And if you are don't, looking for anybody to write any it. really, really powerful copy, don't come to me and James. Yeah. Split, if you're looking for split infinitives, is that what that was? <laughs> I don't, don't ask me about... I mean, I think that I mean was you, saw, you saw how badly I managed my uh, English homeschooling. Not, 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 not. Do. Yes. Anyway. All right. That brings us sort of nicely round to agencies again, I suppose. So handing off the running of your marketing to an agency, have you got any any bad examples where that has been a, a bit of a disaster? I absolutely have. Absolutely. Uh, I, and, and partly um, because I was brought in to try and fix it. 
Um, but they and, and that proves that it was possible to do it with somebody externally. Uh, but the difference was that um, I, I, it's, it's to do with um, educational technology. And I've absolutely loved the product and I love the guys and, and really embedded. And, that, and that's what I've been told is the fact that I understood what made them special. And I took the time, you know, the first thing I did was insist on working on a, a workshop to understand what it was that was special about them and understand them. And this is where the agency went wrong. The agency came in and did exactly what you just described, which is, well, we're coming in, we've been given a brief, that's what we're going to do. It's like, you haven't really at any point tried to understand what's special. And that often can happen with an agency. You'll get an account manager whose job it is to make sure they're getting the billing done. Actually, I want an account manager who wants to learn about it. And so when they bring in someone else to get involved in, and this is what went wrong, is they would use two or three other people to do various different things, which normally you'd say, great, they're bringing in experts, that's a good use of resource. But they never inform those people. So the owner then spent ages, every time they brought in somebody new, getting them up to speed, helping them understand. And he got to the point, it's just like, I may as well just do this myself because I'm repeating myself again and again. And that's where you get a classic agency of we're billing and we don't really want to get involved in the business. Yeah, but there are there are obviously there are plenty of examples of where it works. And I know you probably had better experiences than me. Yeah, I mean, at risk of using any example of any time we work on a client, which is obviously a really great experience for both the client that's, that's and, a given, isn't and it, really? us. But, but yeah, I can think of a few examples, especially, you know, there was one hotel client I worked on um, some years ago. And and although I was the agency, but it was, it was great to see when this was a small marketing team, one or two people, but they had a number of different agencies. They're all specialists doing different things. We were the digital side of things, but there was also a, a developer. There was also an SEO person. There was a couple of other different specialisms in there too. And we would get together on a monthly basis and all these teams would get together around the table. They weren't all kept siloed off apart from each other. They were encouraged to work together. There was a person in the middle. There was a person you know, at the hotel that was owning marketing. So this wasn't what I would call owned by the agency, but... You had specialists that were all good and we were all learning from each other. And yeah. that, I think, is when an agency really works, is when they're not, when the agency isn't being selfish, when the agency isn't trying to protect their little piece of England and trying to make mm -hmm. sure that they can, you know, is always tr worse still is trying to sort of claw pieces of work from other people in the, um, you know, in the agency mix and trying to take over the whole process. When everyone's working really well together, it can be a fantastic experience because you have got yeah. such a deep level of knowledge coming from loads and loads of people. And I know talking to, you know, talking to my clients, they absolutely love that because every meeting is like going to school they're learning new stuff all the time and getting all this extra information and you know and so much of so much of my general marketing knowledge was learned from spending time with specialists and being able to understand all the all the various different deep parts of what they were learning about so it can be a fantastic you know working with a specialist agency or even a general agency can can work out really really well but again at risk of kind of hammering it at home that all those great experiences all have something in common and that that thing in common is always that the person responsible for marketing or responsible for the business as a whole knew where they were trying to get to they knew yes. what marketing was trying to achieve yeah there's a i think whichever route you go down you need a strategy you need someone owning it who believes in it and you need to bring all the different people together so they're aligned and focused on the same thing otherwise you will get distraction i think that's the key whoever owns it 
there has to be direction, there has to be everybody online, on message, all going in the same direction. So what is the answer? Who should own marketing in all businesses? Well, one 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 would uh, one would suggest that it's thirty three percent. We should just us. We should own marketing. Always all, give it to us. In, but if you don't want to give it to us, businesses. then it ultimately, as I said, as we said right at the start, it comes down to what works best for you as a business. You may have, if you've got a really good junior person and you're willing to back them, then that can work really really well. If you're an owner that passionately believes in it, like our um, lady who owns these three coffee shops that we know, then she's undeniably the best person to own it. But also. There are companies out there that just need some sort of external influence, some external views coming into the business. And so outsourcing a lot of the marketing to an agency for them is the right thing. So it really is, it depends on your business, but ultimately there has to be a strategy behind it and whoever owns it has to bring everybody together. And that's more important than the, who is actually the owner. Yeah, I think the, the, the crucial thing for me is you cannot abdicate responsibility from this. You can't just say, I'm outsourcing it, I'm giving it to a junior, I'm giving it to an agency, I'm giving it to a freelancer, and just take no responsibility for it yeah. yourself. If you're the business owner or if you're a senior person in that business, you do you do in some way always have to own the process. Absolutely. Right, thank you very much then for joining us today. So we said before, we're 33% and we do workshops, strategy sessions and things like that to help smaller businesses and medium-sized businesses really get to grips with their marketing. And we've got this amazing ebook that if you've got a moment and you fancy trying to get a bit of a better handle on your channels that you need to be working with, the people that you need to be talking to and ultimately where they're hanging out and making their purchasing decisions, then I would absolutely encourage you to head on over to 33percent.co.uk. That's all the letters, none of the numbers, slash customer. And you can download that for free. Just print your details. We'll email it over to you and you can help yourself. It's got a lot of really, really useful information. It really helps to we use it ourselves every time we do a new project just to get ourselves yep. into the mind of whoever it is that we're supposed to be talking to. And it's a, you know, it's a process we've used for years and years and years. And it's yours if you'd like to download it because uh, we, we just found it so useful and we thought it was great, uh, a great thing to share. So that's it from us. Until next week. As always, keep your marketing ruthlessly efficient. Goodbye.